0: Good morning everyone, our Bible reading this morning is Psalm 1, in my book, it's on page 383. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. Or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will
1: perish. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to church. Uh, Welcome if you're watching us on the live stream as well. Great to have you with us. Uh, If you're new or visiting, my name's Scott. It's my uh, privilege to bring you God's word today. And uh, I'm more than happy if you want to take notes on your outline and then use them to come and critique the sermon with me afterwards, <laughs> as Benjamin <laughs> suggested. Uh, I just line up behind Benjamin to do that. Uh, very, very happy, very happy, very happy to talk about the sermon afterwards. And uh, uh, anyway, but let's pray as we uh, come to think about God's word. Father in heaven, uh, we just thank you so much for your word that uh, it is a light for our path that en- enlightens our minds and uh, changes our hearts and changes our lives. We pray that by your spirit um, that you would use that sword of the spirit, the word now, uh, to change us, to grow us, to be uh, people who love and serve and trust you all our days And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. And all the people said? Amen. Amen. Uh, I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) Now, they tell me that there is a new occupation these days. It's called Influencer. Um, That is uh, Social Media Influencer. And I understand that it's a a very popular career choice amongst uh, Generation Z uh, who are otherwise known as zoomers <laughs> a generation said apparently in the UK about one in five zoomers uh, say that um, <clears throat> well they when they grow up uh, they want to become professional influencers. How do you do that? How do you do that How do you become a professional influencer well you you set up a YouTube channel you uh, produce some cool videos about some cool products and uh, then you hope to get a following of people and then you you sell. At least that's uh, how I think it works. Although, what would I know? I'm not a Zoomer. I'm a boomer. <laughs> I'm a boomer. But businesses love them because they reach and they influence young people in ways that traditional marketing just fails to do so. Imagine when someone asks you a party, what is your occupation? What do you do for a living? And you say, I'm an influencer. Um, I don't know how the social dynamic goes after that. Um, you know, because, you know, I'm there. My job is to influence people like you. Uh, but it's rather honest, don't you think? It's, it's refreshingly honest. It's so upfront to say that my job is to influence people like you uh, because in life um, there, are, there are many people who influence us and we don't know it. Um, people who influence how we think, uh, what we value, um, people who influence our thinking about what gives satisfaction and, and purpose in our lives. What do you think about that question? What do you think gives purpose in life? I think that's an important question because it helps us to decide uh, which influences we will screen out and which influences we will allow in to our thinking and to our lives. So what is it that makes life truly meaningful and satisfying? What is it that gives purpose? when I was at university, I did a commerce degree and I uh, did some subjects in, in finance. Uh, I don't remember much about uh, what I learnt in that, those subjects, the finance subjects, uh, except for one thing. I remember what the lecturer said one day about the purpose in life, which I thought was again, getting a little bit philosophical for a commerce degree, <laughs> but he said the purpose in life is to maximise one's utility function. <laughs> what do you think he means by that? Well, it means to do your best to maximise the good experiences of life and minimise the bad experiences of life and that's what it's all about. It's, it's as good as it gets. Now, that's, that's very middle class. It's very normal. And it's also very wicked because it's saying that life is about living for the things of this world, the possessions, the experiences, the the relationships, even, even the creation itself, but living life without God and without an eternal future. And when you think about it, it's what a lot of people believe and it's, it is a very normal thing to believe and it, in one sense people say, Oh, well, that's not a bad thing, but it's like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, isn't it? Just eating a piece of fruit. What could be so wrong? What could be so bad about that? What? It doesn't sound all that terrible, does it? Except that they had believed Satan's lie and by doing so, they were sating that they believed that life would be so much better if they just ignored God. In the same way we are constantly being influenced by um, by the media, by um, the people around us and by the things which we, we fill our minds with. We're being influenced to think and to believe in a life of happiness without God. But you know some One has a very different message. Um, If you open up your Bibles, have a look at uh, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to refresh your memory by reading those verses to you. In verse 1, the psalm says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law... He meditates day and night. By the way, when it talks about the blessed man, uh, that's generic. Ladies, that includes you as well. Uh, It's men and women. But when you think of someone being blessed, when you think of a blessed person, um, what comes to your mind? What are you thinking about? It's different to saying that they're a lucky person, isn't it? That they're very lucky. Or even uh, that that they're happy. Uh, they often are happy. But to be blessed is something something deeper than that. It's something more profound than being happy. Uh, In the Bible, the blessed person is the one who, who is in a relationship with their creator and enjoys the blessings that they receive from him. And so How should the person who is blessed, truly blessed, the blessed man, how should such a person navigate the influences in life? Uh, You know, Satan is an influencer and Satan is very crafty. Um, He's not so stupid so as to just show his hand uh, up front. Uh, Instead, Satan tries to influence us away from God, step by step, so that at first uh, we walk, as the psalmist says, in the counsel of the wicked. That is, we listen to the godless values of this world. We walk, and then we stop, or as the psalmist says, we stand, meaning that we, we start to absorb the values of this world. We walk, we stand, and then we sit. We take a seat by making those values our values so that our lives end up uh, not being being observably different from uh, the world around us, from the people of this world, even from those who the psalmist says who actually mock God. We walk, we stand, we sit. But not the blessed person. Um, the person who is truly blessed, well, they actually understand. They know God. And they understand the purpose and the goal of life. And so they what they do is they fill their lives with a very different influence. Where in verse 2 we are told... About the blessed man, that his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Now, um, the word law here doesn't just mean the Ten Commandments. All the, the Ten Commandments are good to fill your mind with. But it doesn't just mean the Ten Commandments or uh, actually there's 613 Commandments if you add them all up. Um, because the word law, uh, the word that is translated law, actually means instruction. And uh, it, it came to refer not just to the Ten Commandments or to the 613 Commandments, but it came to refer to the first five books of the Old Testament which when you think about it if David is the one who wrote this psalm that was the entire written word of the Lord that he had at the time and so for us uh, the law of the Lord as it's intended here it's the same as saying that the blessed person uh, finds their delight not in the things of this world but, in the Word of God, in all of the scriptures, because friends, God speaks to us through His word. Uh, if you were here last week, you might remember what we learnt about god's word from uh, from Psalm 19 that it's that it is more precious than gold, that it that it's sweeter than honey, that it revives the soul, our souls, your soul. I wonder if you find that to be true. You know, every day we, we find ourselves bombarded with ungodly influences. You, you turn on the TV, you switch on your device, you go for a walk downtown and it's, it's materialism, it's greed, it's sexuality. And yet, when we open our Bible, we learn about God. We learn about ourselves. We learn about what is truly valuable. And it cuts through that other stuff, doesn't it? It resets our minds. It reinvigorates our hearts. And it nourishes and changes our lives. Now, I always love um, hearing about the activities that, um, you know, uh, we're all doing in our lives here in our church family, you know, in terms of work and sports and school and all of those good things. And it's also good when someone shares about their delight in what they've been learning from God's word, from their personal Bible reading and how that's encouraged and how that's challenged and, and changed them. Because in verse 2, the blessed person doesn't just survive on a diet of hearing God's word read in church once a week on Sunday. No, they meditate on God's word. They meditate on God's word day and night. Now, to meditate does not mean to empty your brain of all thoughts that's mysticism and no it's not about emptying our minds christian meditation is about filling our minds that that's what it's about to be people who fill our minds with the word of god to read god's word and to to think about the passage to consider what the passage means and to work out how I might respond to this, how it challenges and changes me, and to pray about it. That's to meditate on God's word. That's a good influence, isn't it? That's a great influence to fill our lives with. Now, so many of you know that um, I recently took some long service leave and a couple of months back, in my first uh, week or two of uh, long service leave, I did some gardening. <laughs> uh, you don't want to know how rare that is, It's come around to our place. But I did some gardening. I, I went to the gardening shop and I got all excited and I, I, bought some, I went home and I planted some flowers and I planted some shrubs in our backyard and then I went away on holidays. <laughs> When I came back, they were looking rather dry and thirsty. So I've been, uh, I've been watering them every day since, uh, twice a day, and now they're green. Now they are sprouting new shoots, and now they are producing colourful flowers. Isn't that marvellous? My daughter said to me, Dad, don't get too excited about gardening. You're on long service leave. You're not retired yet. But here we see a picture, don't we, of the person who is truly blessed in verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water which yields its season, its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Do you see that picture? There's plenty of water, isn't there? And the root system of the tree just keeps sucking up that wonderful reservoir of water so that the tree processes the nutrients and then grows strong and healthy and fruitful. You see a big strong tree, I've got to tell you, under the ground is a big extensive root system just sucking up that water. That's what we can be like. We need to have that root system that root system that means that during the tough times that we don't fall over, we stand firm, we stand strong. When we read the Bible at home each day and each week in church and in Bible study group, it's like sucking up that water, isn't it, that God provides so abundantly for us. And our, we are influenced we are changed to live for that which is truly life. Truly life. But it's not the way the world sees it. Um, one of Singapore's richest men is a property developer by the name of Philip Moon. And uh, just yesterday, uh, I was reading about him in Forbes magazine, uh, that he's... Uh, his wealth. Yesterday, uh, he was val- uh, him and his brother combined were, they're the they're two wealthiest people in Singapore, and their combined wealth is fifteen point two billion dollars. So he's not short of a quid, <laughs> not short of a quid. And some people would say, fantastic, that's he's made it, he's achieved it. That's that's the goal. He can have and do anything he wants. He can find. Ultimate satisfaction. But listen to what he said when he was interviewed about his life. He said this, and I quote I was always in search of a better life, a better purpose, a better me, a better everything, until I discovered that it doesn't matter if we are rich or poor, we are missing life itself unless we know and trust God through the Lord Jesus Christ. How about that, rich or poor? You see, we are always being influenced to think that life will be better, that life will be qualitatively better and more uh, satisfying, more fulfilling if we adopt the values of those who do not know God. We're tempted to think that it's the non-Christians who who are like the flourishing tree. Well, that's not what this rich man found. And in verse 4, the psalmist shouts a big no to that idea. And and that it's not just that the ungodly are like a tree that is bone dry. It's worse than that. Check it out in verse 4. He says, not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the day in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. You see, the image of a dead, leafless tree is not enough. It's not enough. A dead tree that's still standing, that is that is not a strong enough image to depict the lives of those who do not, who live without God. So it doesn't depict their true situation. Uh, in Bible times, after a farmer uh, <clears throat> brought in the wheat harvest, uh, he would take it to the threshing floor and uh, use a, a pitchfork to uh, to toss the wheat into the air. So that the, the light stuff, the useless stuff, the dusty stuff uh, would just blow away. and be blown away by the breeze. And the, uh, and the wheat um, the, w- would actually drop to the ground. The grain would drop to the ground. I saw an ad on TV uh, where the sales pitch went like this. Your past forgiven. Your present improved. Your future, perfect. What do you think they were selling? Skin cream, of course. (laughs) And yet these are the promises of the gospel, aren't they? You see in verse 6, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. You see, there are two ways that we can live. Uh, If we trust in Jesus, then our sins are forgiven, we are nourished to grow healthy by God's word in our lives now, and we look forward to perfection in eternity. But if we live without God, no matter how successful we may look in the eyes of the world, on the day of judgment we will be like the chaff, blown away by the breath of God. So, uh, what's your goal in life? In Psalm 1, the blessed man does not walk, does not stand and then does not sit in the ways of those who do not know God, uh, he is not influenced by this subtle progression away from God. And yet I have seen this progression uh, in the lives of uh, some of my friends, who, uh, friends who, who in their 20s were, were zealous for the Lord... Uh, in their 30s and 40s, well, they uh, became more zealous for their, their house, uh, their career, um, their children's education, and now in their 50s and 60s, well, some of them still get to church if they can squeeze it into their busy schedules, and others, well... I even find it uncomfortable to mention the Lord to them because they've allowed themselves progressively to be influenced more by the world than by the word. You know, the the job influencer, it's actually not a brand new occupation because Satan has held that occupation for a very long time. But so has God's word, long before Generation Z. So has God's word. What about you? Are you delighting in God's word? Um, What place does it have in your your daily routine? Are you meditating upon God's word uh, each day? Each day. For some of us, that that can be an awkward question, can't it? But this is the new year, and it's a good opportunity to make a fresh start. For some of us, it might be a habit that we need to start for the first time um, or to to restart the habit, to restart doing it. It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult to, to pick a book of the Bible... And to commit to reading a chapter of that book of the Bible each day. Perhaps at morning, uh, in the morning before the day gets too busy. Maybe at lunchtime and you can get that quiet moment in the office or outside, away from the office. Or maybe uh, in the evening before you go to bed. But to pick a book of the Bible, just start reading through a chapter a day, one or two chapters a day and spend some time thinking about it spend some time processing it spend some time praying about it and acting on it to make it your habit sometimes the problem with new habits is that we we go <coughs> we commit ourselves to it and we're going to do this every day and we go really well for the first week or two and then it starts to drift off and and it gets less and less and then it's then it fades that's the time when you've got to keep on doing it isn't it because if you, if you do something habitually um, do something regularly each day then over time it actually becomes part of your routine part of who you are so that the day doesn't seem complete without it we need to make reading the Bible each day our regular habit, every day. And when you do that, over time, you know what you'll find? You'll find that indeed, that it is more precious than gold, that it is sweeter than honey, that it revives our soul, revives your soul, so that you can continue to grow strong and and bear fruit uh, all your days. What are the influences upon you? May God's word be the greatest influence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in your kindness to us that you have not kept silent, that you have revealed yourself, who you are, Um, revealed your character, revealed your ways, revealed to us who we are as your creation. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, who is the word became flesh, that as we put our trust in him, as we continue to grow in him through feeding on your word, that uh, we can be people who grow to be fruitful in righteousness and fruitful in serving in your kingdom, all our days, and we pray, Father, that you would help us to be those who meditate upon your word day and night, that we would be like that tree that's been planted through by a stream of living water. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.